Hey everybody, it's Dan Spearin from Twitter. <laughs> That's it? Do you want you want a larger? <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm Dan Spearin. You may know me from Twitter, yelling into the ether. Now today, I have someone to yell at. It's a banner day. Thanks for coming in, Dan. You're welcome. Um, people might remember you most recently. You you've been on this podcast. I've been on your your recent podcast project. Um, yeah, now I'm a professional podcast. Now you're yes, a professional. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm Toronto mics in March. And yeah, this is what I do. But um, yeah, you're more than just the you know pe- people know you from uh, Webfest, um, talking with uh, web creators and stuff, but. You've been involved in political commentary for a while uh, through different channels, um, and, to, and and so the reason I I am talking about that and the reason that I called you up on Twitter today um, was because there's an election coming on here in Ontario um, that we wanted to talk about. But before we get into all that awesome stuff. Um, just talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you've done in terms of political commentary. Yeah, I, I think I've always been really interested in politics, and I, I grew up, you know, I came of age right as George W. Bush was in power, and we started to see reform and conservative in Canada become like one megazord. And mm-hmm. so um, it was quite an eventful time. I'm in the last year of high school, and 9 11 happened, so I kind of knew that oh. there was going to be some interesting times ahead for us politically and by the time uh the social media revolution happened uh i decided to use all that and i did a election special for myspace in 2008 and i interviewed jack layton and i interviewed a bunch of youth candidates and we would Mm -hmm. do like ridiculous like get out the you know vote style it was very like mtv uh get out the vote kind of stuff and um that was the first time i did anything with politics out loud i had always been a political kid and i was always a nerd with that sort of thing but that was the first time i did that and that led to a bunch of other tv things um which you know go from i did a 2010 election special here in toronto uh mm-hmm. where we were supposed to interview rob ford we interviewed everybody else and rob ford's people called us up and went guys guys we're gonna get you and rob on rob's bus i don't know if anyone remembers that rob ford had like this ridiculous like ford nation bus that yeah. he drive around uh-huh. and their and their pitch was we were going to drive it through the quote-unquote gay village okay and me and rob are gonna like he's gonna you know talk to the kids like think of that steve buscemi uh-huh. youth uh meme and that was kind of what it was and then the day of we went down there we're standing waiting for rob to show up and these mm. people are like yeah we can't do it <laughs> like i think someone googled i think somebody was like oh we don't want to talk to this not guy. sure we don't want to talk to that guy like five days before an election yeah so much like you see with doug this election mm-hmm. they kept rob under wraps too because fords be fords right and they speak mm-hmm. out loud and their numbers go down mm-hmm. so that was a fun thing and and i also did a, a special around the g20 here in toronto where there was um you know those mass arrests in, in mm-hmm. 2010 uh and got to interview david miller and kind of grill him wow. about like what the hell went wrong so yeah i've got i've had a fun chance to interview people like who are like much like yourself who are in the media or who are politicians and um you know it's it's been interesting it's been interesting to watch certain people on our shows from the past like we had um navdeep baines on who's now Minister of Innovation and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. And and so it's been an interesting trip, but 
it's also I won't lie, it's made me a bit more cynical about politics. It's really hard to get politicians off a script. Hmm. Um, the best time to interview politicians I've found is to be right as they're leaving office. David Miller was really forthcoming until we hit the G20 stuff. So mm. we would talk about like Toronto and how it's a mess, and it was a really it was a really good interview. But like David Miller, off the record, <clears throat> I ran into him once on a streetcar, and he just went on this big rant about how they're all phony. Yeah, how they all like do their big speeches to the cameras and then turn around and give no fucks. Yeah, and he couldn't. He really seemed. You can see it on Twitter sometimes with him too. You can see how the performance art of it really, you know, gets under his skin. Yeah. Um, but politicians. I, I interviewed Olivia back Olivia in two thousand eight. Mm. And then watching her in 2000, what was it, 14, um, with the Toronto election. Yeah. And it's like they took her and turned her into a robot. Like they turned her into not like, Olivia. Yeah. Like she was stiff. Like, and it was so funny. There's no passion there. Yeah. No, it's been, it's really funny to do that. So anyways, that's the background. I've, I've done a lot of these different kinds of things. And I've, you know, we've talked about this before, I think on a previous podcast, but I talked about it on Toronto Mics too, is there was a period there where I became the, you know, the go-to millennial. <laughs> so for millennial commentary, here's Dan Spear. So I got to do a lot of like agenda, you know, Ontario 101 stuff, you know, like yeah. National Post, Financial Post. Uh, you know, the agenda, CBC radio and all those things. And it would a lot of be a lot of those times it would be, hey, Dan, like, what do young people think about X? And I was like, well, mm -hmm. at the last meeting at the docks that we had, <laughs> young people decided that yeah, we, we feel this way. That's right. Um, which I'm sure you know, Vince jokes about that, too, who's the, my partner and pro producer on a lot of these projects. Uh, Vince Kayser Murthy and he jokes around about like you know it's the same thing we had with millennials and he had it doubly because it was like Vince as a brown millennial yeah. like, you guys all think alike right yeah yeah so, after our meeting at the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I hear you I hear you um so I mean th there's it's, so now it's, I'm just sitting here now I'm just sitting here with you this election now I got nothing going well, on tell me Dan is as a yeah it's a, uh, a redheaded millennial yeah, originally you. from Barry um well you know what it's funny. That would have been helpful this time out with Patrick Brown's breakdown well, and all that. Yeah. Why why don't we start there? Let's let's start there. Um Patrick Brown getting kicked out. I remember I, I had texted my cousin. My cousin's one of these guys you see on TV, Aleem Kanji, he works for one of these um um companies that uh that has clients that, you know, so he's talking to the government a lot. Um but I, you know, we're texting back and forth, and he goes, "Yeah, Patrick Brown is gone in a few days, if not by the end of today." I go, "What happened?" And then all of a sudden, news breaks. I go, "Holy shit!" Um, but you know, he's from Barry. Mm -hmm. You lived in Barry. Um, what? Who? Who is? Who? Who was or is Patrick the Patrick Brown from Barry? All right, so I'm gonna give you the Wikipedia entry on this that I yeah. thought wasn't covered well. To mm -hmm. be really blunt. Um, one of the things about Ontario politics I don't think gets talked about enough because I think a lot of people in media sort of take for granted that because they think to themselves, this is old hat, everyone knows this. But the incestuous nature of politics gets us into a lot of problems and the nepotism aspect of things. So flashback to Barry. I am mayor of the month in grade <laughs> six. There's a guy named Joe Toscona who would end up being the MPP for under the Mike Harris years. This okay. is the mid-90s. Patrick Brown is his nephew. Okay. So Patrick Brown is from Toronto, moves to Barrie to take Tascona's seat on council. Oh. 
and so he come, he parachutes in whatever we want to call parachuting because I mean sure. let's be real Ontario's sort of Toronto to Barry's not like crazy no um, but he does he doesn't grow up there his uncle's from there he goes okay. to he goes to take that uh, council seat mm-hmm. he hasn't even finished law school so Patrick Brown goes to law school while governing in Barry he takes a jet to his law school in Windsor back and forth okay at this point um, we won't get down the rabbit hole of Barry politics but like. The, the six degrees of that area, people remember Helena Gerges, who went into a, you know, a giant breakdown problem with the conservatives, mm-hmm. and there was a whole problem with there. Her family also runs like half of that. She was an assistant to Joe Tescona. The once you leave, even in the GTA, like we took at the Fords and things like that with the sure. kid and, you know, his nephew being as on the school board now. Mikey Ford. So, like, these things happen in Ontario politics, and it gets passed along. And you're starting to see, I think, now with the social media era, more people understand these things, more people see these things. The mm-hmm. bubbles get a little bit angrier. People are getting tired of, you know, Trudeau and Ford, and, and, and in the States, we have Clinton and Bushes. And mm-hmm. so, we're starting to see that. So, I think there was a bit of a bubble up in, in the anger of Patrick Brown was sort of an unknown entity for most of the Ontario um, conservatives. He didn't seem to really do much when he was in federal politics. He started a really um, popular charity hockey game, and Mm. that's his real claim to fame. But Mm. he used that charity hockey game to network, and he was a really good networker. Mm -hmm. Not great on getting anything done, Mm -hmm. but really good at networking. And when the system is set up in provincial politics, especially in the conservative situation, it's basically who can sell the most memberships wins a nomination. Patrick was set up really well there. Now, to talk about his scandal, Mm -hmm. that's an open secret where I'm from. Okay. Um, Not that necessarily we knew he was, you know, doing anything against people's will, but like, it was definitely not, he did not try to conceal that he liked to go out and drink mm-hmm. and was really open mm-hmm. downtown Barry. So he owned a place, an old bank called, uh, it was, it was TD Canada trust bank. It's actually my home branch. When okay. I, was like, I started my <laughs> bank account there and when TD and Canada trust merged, yeah. they left and Barry created like a financial district street to be all important as a sure. city grew. So yeah. it went, everything went a block North. So there's this strip downtown and, uh, a group of guys buy and open a bar called The Bank. Because mm. it's Barry and <laughs> So they turn like the VIP lounge is where I signed up my like children's checking account now. Now it's like yeah. bottle service. Like, it's it's so <laughs> ridiculous, but it's Barry. Yeah. So a group of guys buy that bar. Mm. One of those guys is Patrick Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owns a very, very small percent, like under 5% share. But yeah. yeah. He's let's be real, like he's sort of the guy who knows how to front it and get people to go. The and blah, face. Blah, blah. He's the guy bringing people in, right? He was the guy that I think that really helped them out. So, a couple of years ago, um, you know, as Patrick Brown's star begins to rise and mm-hmm. we start to realize he's going to win this, they do a very, very big renovation about uh, about the, over this bar and it becomes Hooligans, a family sports pub. So it goes from like bottle service girls and like, you know, all this like Ah. bro style social media campaigns Mm. to maybe we should turn this into a family adventure with like a rooftop patio. So it becomes that Um, the guy, one of the guy's brothers ended up getting kicked out this election for the conservatives. He was going to try to take uh, the seat for Mm -hmm. Patrick, uh, for Patrick Brown, who Mm -hmm. now can't run. And it turned and Patrick Brown backed his 
assistant, um, and now she's running in Barry, and I would assume will win. Mm -hmm. uh, Barry goes conservative unless they really have no choice or they just really think somebody's like... Yeah. Um, so they went for the liberals last time out. Um, so this is where we get really complicated. It's a longer story, but like when you have these smaller towns, when you have these, these um, situations in politics, so we have like allegations, it's really a combination of two things that you really see. One is the like local journalism has been gutted. Mm -hmm. So for folks outside of Toronto, Barry Examiner, vanished mm -hmm. in that tour star deal with post media post was that media, yeah. yeah okay um so Barry Examiner is gone and you don't have people on the ground so I was getting messages from journalists during that Barry thing but I was like you're gonna go up for 24 hours you're not even sorry you're gonna go up for three hours you're going to interview the same six people that are in your Rolodex from other interviews so there was two people that commented on Patrick Brown's mm -hmm. situation and they were the two same people that they used every when Kathleen paper. No, when oh. Kathleen Wynn was there like two months ago. So oh. they like look at the story. They've got like, they only have an hour to, like, you know, they're going to be there. They got to go back to Toronto. They got to file. Um, so we don't get like a really in depth look at how these things develop. And we never really looked at it. It was sort of like, well, this happened. Maybe he's going to sue CT uh, CTV. Maybe mm -hmm. he's not, but he's gone. And ever oh. since he left politics, that was kind of the end of it. Yeah. Um, but we never really looked at that. And it was really, I found that really sad and problematic that like no one took a look at that story because I think that story is very common in Ontario politics because those people run those places. Like he mm. runs downtown. He's got friends who run those downtown businesses. He takes the women to that downtown business. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. His counts, he got people on council. He's friends with the MP because he got the MP a seat when he yeah. left. So Patrick Brown has like a power base in that around that city. Huh. Um, and when people, you know, you saw a lot of people when that story broke, well, why they were just doing it for power. Women just are doing it, blah, 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 blah. Whatever the excuse is, why didn't they come forward? Mm -hmm. Well, when were they supposed to come forward? And like the risk to them, you basically are saying to those people, like, get out of Barry. And if you, one of them is out of Barry. Yeah. And that's why. If you had, if you had been a Barry citizen who was in those situations with Patrick Brown, like, I doubt you'd say anything. You're trapped almost. You are. Like, Patrick Brown really, like, you know, the, the police, the everything. You know, he has the charity hockey tournament. When I went home, my parents were so upset that someone, why would that girl bring that? You don't say those kinds of things. Like, that's the mentality. It's, hmm. it's. You know he's an upstanding citizen look what he's done for barry like yeah. now what's happened so we're still we've got a long way to come in those sexual harassment and, and sexual assault you know conversations and we have a long way to go i think in the media covering places outside of toronto to get a better understanding of the, like, the political landscape and how in some places and in many places um it's just passed on huh. it's six degrees of people who you know once somebody gets in the power, they start to sort of spread their seed in <laughs> many ways. Yeah. And, and, and they, you really start to see like an incestuous uh, family tree grow in a lot of big cities. I did not know that about Patrick Brown. And you're right. Like no one, it, it wasn't talked about or covered in, in the mainstream media. Yeah, I think it's just like, and, and I understand why, because they don't have any resources. And so, like, I mean, it's a longer conversation of why media can't do in-depth things on that. But I don't think it's necessarily the story of Barry that's interesting, but the story of how much um, control those folks had. And 
also where do you go in those scenarios like we've created these power bases for people that are, it's really hard to say anything about them out loud um yeah no i mean it's a, in, it's, in it, scarborough you, i yeah. see it with jim carrey giannis who sure. was uh mp scarborough agent court for years for years mm-hmm. um and then you know now has a career as as a local politician in the same area uh, you see it with with Norm Kelly, who's been, I think he's been an MP before as well, or an MPP. He's been in politics, wow, like since forever, sure. since forever, in uh, in Scarborough. I mean, like it's funny, Doug, mm-hmm. when you know, this goes back to our TYT days doing stuff for the Young Turks Network. You know, we would joke around about Rob Fortelock, and by the time the crack scandal broke, it paid for groceries. So when the last Toronto election came around, we did a few things, but not a lot because mm-hmm. American audiences had no idea what was sure. going on. But we did one thing on Doug because we kind of figured, like Rob, that he'd come back someday and all of a sudden people would start looking at wow. a video. And they did. And so Doug's thing, though, that I always love is Doug was doing an interview with Avery Haynes and was like, I hate politicians. Yes. And she says, Doug, you are a politician. He's like, I'm not a politician. Yeah. Not only is Doug a politician, his father was a politician. Yeah. His brother was a politician. Like, <laughs> the only way he's he's got his nephew now is a politician. Yeah. Like, so it's just really funny, um, the branding versus the reality, right? Mm-hmm. And the branding works. It does. It does. It does in this day and age. It yeah. definitely does. It definitely does. So Patrick Brown, um, unceremoniously quits. Yeah. Um. And at that point in time, if you freeze frame it and you took a look at whatever polls were being done then, it was his election to lose. Um, And the reason it was his election to lose is because Kathleen Wynne, more than I think the Liberal Party, but Kathleen Wynne um, had become the most unpopular politician in Canada. Um, And I want to discuss that. Because, um, you know, everyone talks about hydro rates going up. I'll be honest with you. My, hi- my hydro, my, my bills That's have gone. That's a non-GTA problem, but yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, my bills have gone down. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it might be a non-GTA. Yeah. Um, but it seems that that's sort of the thing that has led to her unpopularity. And people keep on saying it over and over and over again. She's unpopular. She's unpopular. She's unpopular. Um I tell me why is she unpopular, or why do you think she's unpopular? And that's when the podcast became two hours. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I think there's I got tape. There's I think there's legitimate a legitimate issue to talk about, and we'll yeah. take maybe we'll take this in pieces. Sure. So let's take step back from Kathleen Wynne and okay. just take a look at the big picture. Okay. Which is in Canada, mm-hmm. forget just Ontario, but in Canada. There are very few times and places where you can run 15 years and not get thrown out on your behind. Fair enough. It's really hard to be in power like the Liberal Party has. I would argue you that it's I if the Conservatives weren't literally Lucy Van Pelt with the football, that they she wouldn't even have won last election. They were people were ready to turf them the last election that is true but then tim hudak came out and went i like stuff and people were like oh tim (laughs) he was just you know he was like i got one million jobs and everyone's like all right tim that's fantastic (laughs) um and he couldn't and they had a huge math error and they you know they were just a mess yeah and so you end up with kathleen Wynne becoming our first openly gay Mm. premier you like the premier so we've got an elected premier Mm -hmm. 
who then takes on the sex ed bill and then is mm. also dealing with um, the remnants of all of the problems of the last 15 years. Yeah. So, you know, going back to 2003, you've got, like, McGinty. McGinty hit the ejector seat on her, too. Like, let's be real. McGinty yes. was just like, can't pass a budget. I'm out of I here. barely passed the budget. Peace out. <laughs> yeah. I'm awesome. And then, like, people are going to prison. And, you know, so, as I said, like, I think it speaks to how good she is as a politician mm -hmm. to her winning that last election. So, after that, though, when people were like, Ugh, more <laughs> of this. I really just think that, in all honesty, much like with Stephen Harper, um, like we saw, people just are, they're had it. They've had it with you. You hit that, you know, you hit over 10 years and people just want something else. Time for a change. Yeah. So I think that, in all honesty, you know, it doesn't make for great copy. It doesn't make for, mm -hmm. you know, great political banter. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of that, people are, a lot of, also really smart people this mm -hmm. election we'll get into this maybe later but like the third party people like ontario proud they're really smart to try to do to try to jump in on this because they can pretend to claim that they had something to do with the like undoing of the liberals mm -hmm. um in reality i think it just had a lot to do with the timing of how long 15 they've been years in power. yeah um to speak to her problems though yeah. there was there's no doubt that they have made a mess in a lot of ways, they, they sort of went half in on things. So they kind of prioritized hydro, <laughs> but they didn't. Mm -hmm. So now you've got high bills. You can't fire anybody um, without, you know, costing a lot. Everything looks bad on paper, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it doesn't make a good headline. They also, in my opinion, were terrible PR. So she did that ad last week where she looked straight into the camera. Kathleen Wynne has lost her glasses, never to be found again. Um, What's up with that? The only, that is a politics one on one thing. Like all strategy, like all strategies and all focus groups will get rid of your glasses, even if you have except for if you have boring glasses. You will get new glasses. You so <laughs> Joe, I remember Joe Clark all of a sudden had like shiny light blue glasses. We were in high school and like watching the elections and. <laughs> Teachers were like, what do you notice? I'm like, Joe Clark went to the hipster glass store, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, so like everybody, you know, they, and they've tried to like soften her a lot, right? Um, same with Horvath, right? You see, they mm -hmm. do that thing that, you know, it's funny because we talk about so much of identity politics, we talk so much about sexism, but like as soon as an election comes, everybody just abides by whatever, you know, yeah. whatever the, the focus group says. So I think that with Kathleen Wynne, um, we do have to talk about a little bit mm -hmm. that I think there is a lot of like that sex ed outrage. You're right. Has partially to do with a generational change in what we believe in. Yes. Gender fluidity is definitely a millennial. Um, millennials are much more calm, like, I don't want to say calm, but much more accepting a hundred percent of, of all of those types of areas. So we mm -hmm. go down through, you know, gender fluidity or whether we want to talk about trans folks. Yeah. The other thing that people don't want to accept, and you really see this in the Ford base, and Trump tapped into this too. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we talk enough about... There's an interesting thing with these bases of really, of these new conservative movements. And a lot of it has to do with, in my opinion, technology. There's okay. been a technology shift that they really don't want to adjust to. So there's a really, if you think about like my mother, who's in her, is just turned 70. Mm -hmm. Hey, she, you know, she has a harder time getting to a bank teller. Everything has to go through an app or she has to bank on, uh, she has to do all these things online and yeah. she can't get a paper bill and all of the things that she's been doing for 40, 50 years, all of a sudden 
they're trying to change the world on me and the world was better before mm -hmm. and there's a lot of that mentality that seeps into all of these issues and the sex ed thing i think also really gets that really gets to the heart of that we mm -hmm. don't want our kids thinking these things or knowing these things and the problem is, is it's it's if the heart of that is a denial that the internet exists <laughs> Like, <laughs> a denial that, like, your kid's going to find that A out. denial in progress, or... No, no, pro pro yeah, denial in progress, but just a denial oh, in enough. the Talk world that we live. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Google that your kid is going to be watching hardcore porn by accident, mm -hmm. by a mistaken Google for a school project. Yep. Um, Asian culture. Oh, my God, what am I looking at? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what's going to happen. The internet is a messed up place, mm -hmm. and the filters are not going to save your children no so it's totally responsible for kids to have to learn these things earlier ages than i did because i didn't you know unless i accidentally woke up and turned on city baby blue i wouldn't have had an anatomy no. listen you know <laughs> until i was older so that's the thing right like there was not i mean boys my age would wait for fashion tv right if 13 like fashion television's on is any genie becker yeah. right like this is as close as we're getting to yes. you know anything sexual and mm. that's like Nowadays, five seconds later, mm -hmm. the internet comes out when I'm like 13, 14, and I'm like, oh my God, what's, what am I looking at? What's happening? You mm -hmm. know, kids are going to find this out so much younger. So the idea that we're not going to talk about it in school is absurd, mm -hmm. but it's a perfect, it's a perfect lighting in a bottle moment for conservatives because the yeah. world's changing. You don't want to change. We're going to stop it from changing. We're going to stop it. Yeah. Now, they're not going to stop those grandkids no. from finding these things out or learning about things. Um, but they are going to stop them from learning about things responsibly mm. and with context. So Correct. those things though, I think are real, are real um, cultural work catalysts. And at the end mm. of the day, the economy has not been fantastic to some people. Um, okay. Housing has been hard in this city. Uh, young people are getting out of Toronto. So just like there's these big narratives that when you actually take a look behind the curtain and when you actually look under the hood, whatever metaphor we want to use, mm. you're, you'll find that like, oh, wait, hydro prices actually have gone down overall. And oh, mm. the economy actually isn't doing so bad mm. in, a lot, in some places. And we're getting better and things are going in the right direction in certain places. But it doesn't feel like it. And I think that, you know, as much as the right likes to make fun of the left for the feels, mm -hmm. the feels play a big part on both sides of the political spectrum. No, that 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 is so true. Um, so what do you what do you think of what, what do you think about Kathleen not much earlier? Yeah. Um, you know, just leaving and saying, OK, it's time for someone new. Oh, it's funny. You know, I never finished. Everyone that. thought she was going to do that the last time around. Well, let me finish that point that actually I was because I, I completely forgot where I was going when we got on the glasses. But there's mm. that video she released with, without the glass yeah, yeah, where sorry, she looks no, in the sorry, camera. Yeah. Starts, sorry. That needed to be done a year ago. Like they needed to hit this off at the pass. Like this idea, it felt like they thought nobody really minded what they were doing until the election mm. all of a sudden started. And I don't understand why they weren't doing a Harper-esque blitz of media in you know they did it in they policy. hadn't hired their pr company yet. well they did that po they did a lot in policy right like they did a lot in the last yes. year to like free handouts like they completely yes like a year ago we were talking about balanced budget and like we're we might be on track for one and then within a year it was yeah. just like it was a stereotypical election year where it was like do you the want stuff everybody. everybody yeah yeah so i guess that's what they thought would be enough mm -hmm. but in this day and age i think 
what the left and the center left really messes up on the right's doing a lot better mm -hmm. is a consistent signal you know this from marketing like it's just a consistent drumbeat of this is what we believe in this is what we believe in i remember when when trudeau ran against the ndp the ndp almost caught, seemed flat-footed because they felt like those were our issues middle like the yes the yes. middle class wait what yeah. and like the 99 percent wait occupy what that's our stuff yeah but they weren't drumming the beat Mm -hmm. And Trudeau was out there in commercial after commercial being like middle class, middle class, middle class. And that was what Leighton was really good at. And they mm -hmm. never really replaced that. And so I think that the Kathleen Wynne liberals really did a bad job of not trying to drown out in a PR standpoint of all of the narratives of like, you're the worst ever. Because meanwhile, you've got a ton of third party groups that are backed by the conservatives mm. on the internet that are going hog wild on you saying like, you're the worst thing ever and everything's terrible. Mm -hmm. And you know, Niagara falls doesn't have water anymore. And you know, <laughs> like all of these things. Yeah. Right? So, um, I, I think that they lost the, the PR battle. And it's interesting too, because David Hurley came into a, a project that I was a part of called the Academy of the impossible. And he's her campaign manager. Mm. And, um, he said he was also Martin's campaign manager in the early 2000s. And he said the biggest mistake they ever made was not going, they didn't attack early enough. Like mm. he would go negative earlier. He's like, people like to say it doesn't matter, but it really does. Yeah. And I really think they thought as soon as Doug got elected, if we just go after Doug, yeah. Horvath hasn't made a lot of ground. So she's not going to be able to hurt us. It'll just be us and Doug. So I really think that they went, they doubled down on Doug and then yeah. Andrew Horvath was kind of like, thanks everybody. Yeah, remember me? Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm there's another option. I'm neither of them. Yeah, and the thing that if Andrea Horvath's been playing this card the entire time she's been there for nine years, which mm -hmm. is trying to slowly inch towards the center. Mm -hmm. So progressives, a lot of progressives in the province aren't a huge fan. The NDP base is voted for, but they haven't really broken out among millennial voters in a huge way. They gained a little bit of vote share last time, but they were handing out flyers being like job creators and stuff, like yeah. right wing language that you wouldn't think an NDP government would use. Hmm. Um, so if she can't make grounds this election, then like, I don't know what the nine years were for because that this is literally what they've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. That moment where they can come through the middle and actually say, hey, we're the NDP. Yeah, We can run again. It's, this ain't Bob Ray. Should she have started earlier? I, I, I would I would argue with my cousin saying why hasn't we why haven't we heard about you know anything? Andrew Horvath hasn't said a peep, and this is before the actual writ was dropped, or I don't know what the proper phrase is now. Don't get Steve Pagan on this. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, but she like dead quiet. You didn't. She didn't say a word. Like there was nothing about about her. Um, and, and even after, you know, she, she's literally just been, I don't know if steady is the right word, but I guess it is. She's sort of been available. She's been there almost. And it's like, we're just looking at her as a, when I, and I say we, um, I mean the bigger progressive or left. like the up for grabs progressive. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. You know, she's been like just someone else to look at saying, oh, there is another option instead. So we, we are angry at win. Um, but here's where we can sort of park our vote. Um, she, she really hasn't done anything massive. I don't know. Smitherman did this against Ford. And I remember interviewing George Smitherman in 2010. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is when you don't have confidence 
in the electorate, you've got a lot of people in your ear, right, saying this is what the conventional wisdom is. Mm-hmm. And I think NDP has a problem in Ontario, and it's a real one, which is Ontario is super, super centrist and boring, and, like, we do not usually do anything um, out of the ordinary. We don't really like... Um, interesting characters we we mm-hmm. we elect a lot of milk toast people like mm-hmm. you know McGinty and Harris and even Ray yeah um so you know from my parents generation that was from the 40s until the 80s was the conservatives ran this province yeah from 85 on mm-hmm. um you have mostly liberals and then Harris like in the middle of that to like blow it all up but like Mm. it's been an interesting but all those things they're not even close Bob Ray's like the one blip and Mm -hmm. that had a lot to do with the GST you know everything else right like we had a lot to do with the federal conservatives and it had a lot to do with David Peterson falling apart Mm -hmm. so you're an NDP leader and everyone's telling you, you know, you can't go full Bernie Sanders because Ontario is just never going to vote for that brand. Interesting. But you got a millennials mm-hmm. and these new kids coming up mm-hmm. and they want something more Jack Layton-esque, Justin Trudeau-esque, a constant, you know, a, a drumbeat, a constant sort of this is what I believe and this is what I believe. And that's not Horvath. Horvath's betting that if she just keeps trying to make herself look as milk toast as possible because that's what Ontario votes for Hmm. and so like this is what I'm saying like if she can't pull it off in this election I don't know if that experiment shows you that the NDP can pull through ever it with that sort of like we're just going to go to the center when I was going back to George Smitherman George Smitherman did that against Ford which people forget you had this guy LGBT guy right Mm -hmm. like first gay uh, MP Mm -hmm. uh, MPP and all of a sudden He's running for mayor of Toronto and he started going Ford light and people went, well, I'm going to get Ford light. I might as well just go for Ford. Hmm. I'm going to get my 60 bucks. (laughs) Like, why am I not getting my 60 bucks? if I'm going to vote. And he started doing a lot of the same things as Ford. He started saying a lot of the same policy ideas like, you know, Miller spends too much money. And so the left is kind of looking at Mimolini or uh, sorry, at, um, no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, why can't I think of uh, David Miller's? Uh, oh, that guy who never. And I, I literally interviewed him. That's really bad. Anyways, yeah. I'll think of it in a second. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Panaloni, Joe Panaloni. Joe. So Joe Panaloni, you know, was the left option. And, we, you know, so it's split and Ford won. But you have that same thing here. I think when uh, Kathleen goes and decides I can't be outflanked on the left or I lose this election, I'm going to go full Trudeau. Mm-hmm. And starts announcing things like, I'm going to spend some money here. You're going to get some daycare. We're going to get some dental. We're going to do all these things that sound very NDP-ish. Yeah. I think a lot of the electorate went, I'm so sick of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're the NDP anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go with the NDP. I might as well go with the NDP. Yeah. And I think that that was like, I think they read the tea leaves a bit wrong. But let me just put a caveat onto this podcast. Mm. Nobody knows anything. Like this election. Wait a second. We've been such, talking for right. a good part of thirty minutes. We can, gi- <laughs> we can give all these kinds of you know, we can explain certain things. We can give context to certain things, but the voter turnout last election was awful. The voter turnout this election is going to m- depend on where this goes because if the average citizens, like in America, if that fifty-six percent that showed up mm-hmm. was a sixty-four, sixty-five, seventy. 
who knows if Trump gets in. Mm -hmm. That's the issue with these elections. If it's base versus base, the conservatives win. Yeah. If it's base plus liberals trying to stop Ford, you mm -hmm. might get a minority. Yeah. It's a really uphill climb for Horvat, but you've got a week left. And by all polls, I think the entire province just realized we're in an election cycle, like on Sunday. Everybody turned the TV yeah. on after like, wait, it's not hockey. Oh, yeah. No. What's this? <laughs> and then all of a sudden people were like, oh, I've got a what, Doug election. Ford. And yeah. So I think that in the last two weeks, all of a sudden you started to see the numbers flip the other way. And people started to go, wait, what's happening? And Doug's lose, lost some ground. But just the way our first pass the post system works, he's going to have to like kind of have a cratering collapse to not pull off a majority. So do you, let, let, let's take it with, with this talk about millennials. Mm -hmm. um, the consensus is that if the millennials turn out yeah. and vote in similar numbers percentage wise as their grandparents right. do that Horvath has an opportunity to win. And this is where I'm not sold on that narrative for the reason that she's not a Bernie Sanders. She's not a Jack Layton. She's mm -hmm. appealing to the centrist Ontarian, like the Ontarian that's like, maybe yeah, like she's appealing to that kind of liberal voter. I don't think she's not very flashy. She's no. not very exciting. She doesn't have like a single issue. She's not an Occupy sort of sure. leftist. She's not a Twitter leftist. She's mm -hmm. not really great with social media. No. Um, so I don't really know. I don't feel a lot of like massive excitement. Mm -hmm. What I do feel is that people think Doug Ford would be a disaster. Um, mm. So I think, and but that also is my Toronto bubble too, right? Like you go outside of Toronto and they don't know him as well. They don't know, yeah. Right. So I think that when you're talking about the first election we've ever had in Ontario, mm -hmm. where the millennials are actually as big, a little bit bigger than the than the boomers. Like this is the first election Ontario's had where the boomers aren't. The largest cohort um it'll depend on turnout 100 percent. it'll yeah. depend on but i just if we're strictly talking about millennial issues mm -hmm. is anyone gonna make housing that much easier to get is anyone gonna do anything like what's the what's been this election that's supposed to get me excited if i'm under 35 like i don't know yeah it's more about scared right it's more of a fear thing yeah i don't really but i also mean like i don't really know what people are running on to um you know, Justin Trudeau had marijuana, which isn't necessarily like all, the only thing that people cared about. People cared about the environment and yeah. the conservatives are the other way on that. So I think that's where you saw, by the way, Doug Ford do a very quick correction when he was like, we're just going to take uh, the green yes. belt. And like, oh, oh, well. And then like bulldoze it. And yeah, within like literally 45 minutes, he's yeah. like, I'm drunk. Like, <laughs> what was I saying? I'm just I was riffing, kids. And then it was literally like, who wants booze? Um, it's only a dollar. Right. That's been the rest of the campaign because I think he realized he didn't want to give any ammunition to, um, you know, that because that can light the young folk up. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. We're going to ruin everything for you for the next 50 years. Wait, what? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's he's kind of just stayed in that box of like. When she like lower bills and the problem is for young people it's same sure. when, we, when we, we talk about the minority vote mm -hmm. and we talk about people of color why are they voting for ford well it's the same issue that we all have we're all looking to figure out 
where's my money coming from? How do I have a better life? How do mm -hmm. I take care of my kids? Or how do I even have kids in millennial case? Mm -hmm. um, how the hell am I going to afford to have children? Sort mm -hmm. of, you know. So I think that there's all of these issues that no one's really given a great answer to. There's no vision. No. You know this is saying? one of those depressing elections yeah. where I feel like even though you have a very stark choice of what you want and you should go do it. It's the hardest election. It's sort of like the Clinton Trump election where y the responsible adult in you has a, like a, a responsibility to go out to make sure we don't have no nothings in office who are dangerous and bigoted and all these, mm. but mm -hmm. like none of these candidates are like somebody that you're like, I cannot wait to push. No. I can't wait to vote for this person. Yeah. They're so passionate and amazing. No, and it's so true. I mean, so, Except for if you're Doug, people, Doug, the Doug Ford people love Doug. Like Trump, they do Doug love Trump and Ford Nation loved Ford Nation in 2010. You're, you know what? You're absolutely right. So, you know, I've received two political flyers so far, right. the NDP one and, and the liberal one. Um, but it was interesting. So I got the NDP one I said because my wife said, there's no NDP in our right. I said, no, no, they're running everywhere. Um, so we get it and I look at it and it's literally the candidate's face plastered um in, in a corner in the left or right hand corner yeah. with ndp talking points like nothing about him right, right? so i was like oh, damn it man like give me something you know like because i want to vote for someone you're in the minority you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah most people but i looked at it and i go oh, i'm like yeah. damn it um and then i get the liberal one and i didn't i didn't like the liberal, the liberal guy one's the opposite though the liberals are like we don't even have a leader. Just vote for this guy. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. So, but it was him, and it was like yeah. the, the different things that he's done. It was literally like an NBC. Probably it was probably like at the Olympics when the NBC people tell you exactly how they grew up and like why you should be excited. Yeah, about it. because but he, they do not want Kathleen Wynne anywhere near their literature. No, you're you're right. Yeah. You're right. And yeah. but it was that. It was that. And I go, but but I've I've seen you. You're you're right. you're, you're little. You're like a you're you're just you're 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 a quote unquote. You're the politician that Doug Ford doesn't like sure. to be to be compared to. You know that guy that comes to my no, community event things. and just shakes hands and wants to take pictures. Oh, I see. And, I, and I hate those people. I and I I I get the game, but I come and stay for an hour and clean up, and fine, you can take your picture. I understand that, but don't show up. Yeah, the Instagram politician your, is a problem. Yeah, in, in your pressed yeah. pants, you know, jacket and 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 collared shirt when we're cleaning up the neighborhood and you know, and then use that picture to, to say that you got my newsletter photo thanks oh, thanks man. everybody I, I i hate that I, yeah I, I really do i think there's that insincere like the insincerity um like one of the things that really drives me crazy mm -hmm. especially from the toronto media bubble because we are in a place where we've already been through this before so how can we be going through this again which is the idea that doug ford is a millionaire Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, do you know he's a millionaire? Yeah, they know. They know Doug Ford is a millionaire. Everybody knows. Yeah. The problem is, is the electorates in our North America and around the world mm -hmm. have lost hope that anybody who isn't connected and well off and mm -hmm. isn't, you know, Joe, you know, Joe Tascona's cousin, uh, yeah. nephew or isn't Rob Ford or Doug Ford is going to have a shot in politics. So they're picking the person that the other elites don't like because mm -hmm. that's as close as they're going to get to feeling like they're part of the system it's as close as they're yeah. going to get to feeling like they have a champion in anybody 
And this idea that if we can just if we just show people Doug Ford's bank account, that they're gonna go, oh my god, I've been duped. Like they know it. They know. They already know they, it. That's time. why they like him. They, yeah. Because they feel you know people forget like Ralph Nader, right? Who's famously the third party candidate who ruined the 2000 election for um, Al Gore, yada yada yada. But he wrote a book a few years later, being talking about like the only hope that we have are these like the sort of rich billionaire who's going to save the day mm -hmm. people in on both sides of the aisle have lost hope in the system and and believe that everything's kind of crooked and the game's kind of set and there's a lot of cynicism and there's these people like doug and like trump and like even on the flip side on bernie or Layton, and they can plug into whatever emotion that you want to you know is it despair or is it hope is it cynicism is it optimism but they have to they have to be somebody that they feel can break in hmm. they have to be confident that they can actually win um and i don't feel like we've really got that in ontario politics outside of of doug and so that's what's really concerning if you're a progressive or you're left of center is that nobody's giving people really hope no. on the other side doug is saying we're going to kick these bums out and there's going to be change and like this this like brown and his cronies and that's all gone i've washed that away we're gonna you know carolyn mulrooney nope sorry no more mulrooney's like there's he just they we give them these sort of like yeah like carolyn mulrooney running was the best thing that ever happened to doug Ford. not only did it like split christine elliott but also like Christine Elliott, Jim Flaherty's wife. Yeah. Carolyn Mulrooney, right? Yeah. Now, he's Doug Ford's brother, or sorry, Rob Ford's brother, but they also kind of came up together, so people kind of They're the same. Them. Yeah, it's like oh, the yeah. Blues Brothers. Yeah. So I feel like people give them a pass, whether they should or not, since their dad was a politician. But if you think about who the conservatives ran, all three people were connected. So going back to that Patrick Brown thing, there's just this feeling that, like, there's them... And then there's the rest of us, and I guess we have to choose between whoever might, you know, that Michael Moore quote, if you will, I think it was the most famous version of this idea, which is, I just want to throw a grenade into the system mm -hmm. and watch it blow up. And what people don't really realize is how harmful that is. Mm -hmm. And I don't like people like in their heads are like... What do you mean by that? Like, why is it so harmful, you think? Well, because with people like... Roy, forget the Trump thing because I think sure. it's overplayed. Because I'm also, two years ago we were talking about how Trump was literally like Ford and Ford laid the blueprint for Trump. And now we flip the narrative because it yeah. sells more papers and <laughs> gets more clicks. Rob and Doug give you this idea that the guy who's going to come and fix your driveway mm -hmm. is going to take that and answer a call. Like I remember what my grandma... We were sitting around and listening to CFRB 1010. It was like, you know, Ted Walsh or something way back in the day. And there was a call-in show. And it was like, we want your kids or your grandkids to call in and tell us what they would do if you were if you're Prime Minister of Canada. And I literally called in and was like, I would go around the country and talk to people. And I would take phone calls. Because mm. when you're 10, that's what you think politicians yeah. do. Like, that's the important stuff. And what we've done is when people have become less informed, that, like, retail politics thing has become so popular because like you're so human. much more popular it, it humanizes people like you're mm -hmm. talking about on that card there's some guy who shakes hands and whatever well doug is going to go in the street and talk to people and if people want to watch something really interesting there's a tvo documentary that was like trying to be all kitschy it was like a blind date thing and it mm -hmm. was jagmeet singh and doug ford yes 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 okay 
take they your rode po- bikes or take together your politics out of it. Don't watch it with like knowing you hate Doug Ford or you <laughs> love the NDP, whatever. But just watch it as a person, like you're an alien who's never seen these two people. You don't know what they're about. Yeah. And tell me who comes off more personable in that. Doug's on the street. He's saying hi to people. Young women of color are coming up to Doug. Old white men are coming up to Doug. And Jugmeet's sort of standing there, like, in his really expensive clothes. And, like, sitting, and he looks out of his depth. He really does. It, yeah. Doug and Rob were so good at coming off like your uncle. And let me put a caveat on this. That's for white Ontario, white Canada, like, people that I grew up with. Yeah. That's who it appeals to. I don't think that portion of them mm-hmm. works as well mm-hmm. um from a like from a pr standpoint with other folks i think that other folks are there for like substantive reasons mm. um but with white folk in ontario like that whole like folksy how are you let's go to a barbecue and have a buck of beer yeah maybe we'll bring back the stubby like th- that kind of of old school as what stephen harper call it old stock canadian mm. dog whistle bullshit that really does in my neck of the woods where I came from, it really plays well. So I wasn't surprised to see Doug, you know, sort of do well in mm-hmm. those in those areas. Yeah. So let's go back. We started talking. Uh, we started this conversation talking about Patrick Brown and it was his election to lose. Yeah. Um, Doug Ford gets nominated, elected as, as the as the leader of the PC party in Ontario. Um, and and you know there was there was no dip it, it just continued to grow the gap even grew you look at it today and i think the latest is he's got maybe one or two points yeah on the ndp yeah um what what changed you know, because we said uh andrea horvath was just constant she you know there was no massive change it was it was just her just being there um what 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 has happened over the past few weeks? I think there's been a couple of things. I think the first thing is that Canadians in general and, mm-hmm. and Ontarians maybe even more so because a federal election gets a lot more hype. No one's paying attention until like legit a week before okay. when you start to get like the, by the way, did you know that you're supposed to get your like voter card in the mail? <laughs> oh crap, I guess I should have. Uh, so I think that was a big part of it. I think that people were not really ready to talk about this yet or think about it until, you know, mid-May. And mm. then everybody was like, wait, What's going on, Doug Ford? What is this guy saying? There's no platform. There's no, there's just mm-hmm. a bunch of memes and and so I think that um, Doug not knowing how a bill became a law, and I mean I'm sure conservatives will say that that's being a little bit harsh on that quote, but it did it wasn't a good moment for him no. when he got asked, you know, how does a bill become a law, and he's like, well, I could tell you, but you know, it's a gotcha question, and he wasn't wrong. Like it was a question to be like, you're a moron. Yeah, uh, but at the same time. If that's the problem that you have, um, you haven't done a great job of convincing people otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at the three parties, it's interesting, right? Because what's Doug's biggest problem? I would argue incompetence, probably. Like, people think he's erratic and he doesn't know know anything. Mm -hmm. Horvath would be that we're going to get Ray again. And Kathleen Wynn's would be that you're corrupt and this is the status quo. You're not going to change. Yeah. Kathleen Kathleen Wynn runs on story, not sorry. Horvath has a giant math problem in her her budget. Yeah. And Ford doesn't know how a bill becomes a law. (laughs) And like, it's just like all of them have steered like (laughs) head on into the thing that we think of them as. And so I think people just went, 
Okay, I guess the liberals are cratering. Like sure. liberals look like Kim Campbell ninety two. Mm-hmm. So that ain't gonna happen. Ninety three. Yeah. That ain't gonna happen. I guess. I guess like they, something along the lines of around fifty percent of that NDP surge mm-hmm. is people who are st- trying to stop Doug or the conservatives. Hmm. So I think that's really where you've seen the balloon. It's just like, and it, you know, I, it's really hard to say because I don't find Patrick Brown to be a very good debater, but I'm finding the debates, um, less and less relevant. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people watch and I don't know how much Kathleen Wynne, you know, supposedly lost the debates last time around and mm. won the election Yeah. on Sunday. Did you catch any of it? I did watched, you catch I the, watched like, the highlights, like the sports center of it all? You know, I, I don't know who's telling them that you must look at the camera and and speak with with a certain cadence. Like I'm like who's telling them a this lot stuff? of high paid people and how do I get that job? I don't know. Because like I don't it's, feel it's it moves the needle. So unnatural. I go uh, why are you looking at me talking to Ford? Ford's like to your right, yeah. you know? And what's up with this this catchphrase friends? My friends. What? If you get an email from the, to be fair, if you get an email from the Liberal Party, Mm -hmm. they all start off with like, dear friend. I always thought that was really patronizing. I I hate the friend thing. I hate, oh. But that's this era, right? How many Facebook friends do you have? Well, I have three. My (laughs) friend. And then 500 other people that I've met in life. Like, I want, like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm I'm just on my own. Um, But I want someone to get angry. Well, that's what I think. You know what I mean? That's where I was telling, saying earlier. I think the NDP is such a terrible, it's such a terrible, like sort of, uh, they're rocking a hard place because on one hand, Ontario is like afraid that they're all crazy mm. activist loons, and on the other hand, the new politics want somebody who says what they mean and like loudly, and so there's this like new wave of politics that's come up, mm. what we want to call it populism or whatever we want to mm-hmm. call it, but. There's definitely more of a, you know, get loud and get in your face or at the very least, you know, consistently say your message. And then on on the same on the other hand, you've got Ontario who's kind of boring and and they'd prefer you to sleep through the election because we're so afraid and Bay Street is so easily spooked. And yeah, so I think that like the parties are having a really hard time. You know, if you look at the Rob Ford years when Doug ran against John Tory, he almost won and Bay mm-hmm. Street did everything in their power to stop that from happening. So the other thing you got to think about with Doug, which I'm interested in, is is like how bad do the conservatives want power? This happens with Trump. This happens with any time. It happened with Dion in federal politics with the liberals when mm. somebody kind of sneaks through, and the rest of the party's like, "We don't really want you." No. A lot of times, our elections are kind of a mess. Like the actual election day itself. The, turnout's not great that their machinery isn't in power but i suspect that they want it much back. like the republicans after being out of power for so long they're yeah. they're gonna grin and bear it you saw christine elliott and carolyn Mulroney sitting next to doug on the weekend like kind of like sitting there going oh i guess we're here and there's really no consequence to that and i think that's a problem in our system voters aren't going to remember how like in a year ford's premier we both know mm-hmm. being torontonians that is going to be a giant disaster. Like it's just going to be a mess of epic proportions. The fact that he thinks he can't cut anything, the fact that he, you know, thinks he's going to save money somehow while getting rid of all of the money that is currently coming in, yeah, because of tax cuts and everything. I, 
it's going to be a, it's going to be a mess. He's going to cut the heck out of stuff. Right, and it's people are going to lose jobs, suck. and he'll stand up there and go, "Nobody's lost a job. Like yeah. we never killed a library. Like all of these things <laughs> that the Fords do, and then they just pretend it never happened." Yeah, but no one's going to remember. And you know, Carol Mulroney, Christine Elliott, those people. Maybe not so much Christine Elliott because she's kind of she's on her she, way out. Yeah, almost, she's right? she's yeah. she's walking it, but. That Carol Mulroney type, that person who helped Doug this time around, that middle-of-the-road candidate, will slowly back away from Doug. The party will slowly throw Doug under the bus, come the next, you know, after he loses an mm-hmm. election. next summer, And all of a sudden, we're going to have that conservative six, eight years down the road. Yeah. And they'll be like, look at this person. They're normal, and they're not like Doug. <laughs> the reason, they're the reason why people like Doug, like, it is Paul Ryan that gives you Trump. Do you know what I mean? And then mm. Paul Ryan pulls the ejector seat and is like, see you in four years. Yeah. Um, and we will forget. And maybe people won't forgive him, but they then turn around and go, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives me. I think the most crazy about politics is how so many of these people start off in one camp, give to win power mm-hmm. and then, or to help their own agenda and then back away from that. And then turned around. I'm like, can you believe that happened? We have to get away from those people. Yeah. Well, you're responsible for. Yeah, those you're the one that put him there. Yeah. So oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So I'm I'm getting the sense that, um, you think that Ford is going to end up becoming the next premier of Ontario. You seem resigned to the fact. I think it's because this is what I'm saying. Like, if I do interviewing politicians and being around elections for a few years, it's it's so hard to beat the status quo like the andrea horvath's team to go from 18 seats to winning mm-hmm. i don't think it's out of this world impossible because as i've said before the, the modern day conservative and we saw it when also the when the sexual harassment stuff started pulling a thread on that party and we got to look inside that closet for five minutes that is one messy closet mm-hmm. like their party internally is a mess and so once again Whatever the polls say, whatever you and I might think, like there is a machinery that has to work on election day mm-hmm. to win an election when you're in a close scenario. Like it is who's got the best buses at the old folks' home to yeah. get your vote out. And so, oh my goodness, I do think that the conservatives want this badly. They wanted it badly last time. I think the NDP is going to have some trouble. I really do. I think the NDP is going to have. They have to win in a lot of places. And make up a lot more points. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so we go like, you know, you look at like outside of uh, of of Toronto, in the southwest there, like the concerns to win. So even if they, even if that poll number that we see where it's like thirty seven to thirty six kind mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. even if that goes in the NDP's favor, like thirty eight, thirty four, that still in individual ridings has to be a huge swing for yeah. the NDP to take. So, like, I think minority government's the best situation if you don't want Doug in power. Mm-hmm. But if next week I get, we're, I'm back here and we're talking about what's happening on election night and the NDP win by 10 seats, I'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> you like, never know. Geez. Well, it's really, on all honesty, it depends who decides who will we be different than America? Will we look at an irresponsible person? running for a government oh, wow. and will people go i usually don't vote i usually don't give an f but that's a that's a bridge too far let's not get crazy like mm. um no uh-uh <laughs> sorry and maybe they'll come out and vote um but it's a lot of things have to go right for the ndp to win mm-hmm. 
the conservatives just have to not fall apart and that's where Doug's such a wild card. You're like, it could happen. <laughs> but like, could, right, he, just, he just needs to open his mouth. Right now, Doug is locked in a panic room. Like, <laughs> they're not going to let you him out right. until Wednesday. <laughs> He's going to get let out the, like, the second they find out he wins the election. Yeah. The last debate's over. They literally escorted Doug into a limousine, took him underground. <laughs> You're not going to see him. Nope. There's a dance beer out there somewhere trying to do an election special, and they're like, Doug was supposed to be there, but he's not coming. He's Sorry. Not, nope. He's not allowed to talk. Until that is crazy. Yeah. Um, let's talk a couple of things on the periphery. Um, the first is um, it was uh, – oh, my goodness. What what was it that ha- – okay, the tape. The tape that came out of Doug Ford, and apparently this was a few years ago, right. um, him – signing up free members free members which apparently is against the rules um and it was interesting to me i took i quickly okay the news broke and i said let me take a look at the four major dailies and i put a screenshot up on i can't remember if i put it on facebook or twitter i think i did both the sun and the post on their front pages there was no mention (laughs) same company of this you're right um the globe and the star right had it at or near the top. Right. Um, so that's that's one. Number two, and this is all looped together. Number two yeah, yeah. was that thing that uh, Candleland broke of this memo that the Toronto Sun had oh, right, sent right. out to their staff about here's what we're going to do to basically ensure that Doug Ford and the PCs win, um, which a lot of people at the Sun complained about, but... Other than that, it was like, yeah, I guess we're doing that. Um, and then you've got this Ontario Proud uh, Facebook page, right. um, which I heard the guy on, on Candleland on, on one of their podcasts yeah. about, no, we, we, we just don't like, what's it? We just don't like win. Oh, man. The two, the, there's two podcasts on Candleland back to back. It was like one was um, the Broadband Institute's Press Progress and the other one was Ontario Proud. Mm-hmm. And both of them made me want to like just jump out of my car. Like, you see Lady Bird where she just jumps out mid-conversation with her mom? That's how I felt after listening <laughs> to those two things. Because both of them were like, we're not we're not really the party. We're not like, there's a difference between, okay, sure. And, you know. Yeah. Um, well, Fine. I want to talk to you about Ontario Proud for one second. Yeah. Because I'm going to turn this around. This sure. is my host in me turning into the interview. <laughs> this is your alley. Mm-hmm. Your marketing. Yeah. Here's what nobody talked about with Ontario Proud that really bothered me. So they're the great, you know, it's a great narrative, right? This mm-hmm. guy, this is the new wave of politics. These guys are going to game change the like random outsider who all of a sudden registers as a third party. And then the narrative sort of changed to like, Oh, they they look like they're more professional than we gave them credit for. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is more right wing. Okay, well now the narrative is these guys are amazing at um you know, engagement. Banded, yeah, they know the game. Sure. Yeah. Here's what I love though. Yeah. Okay. You've been in this game for a long time and I've come out at the other side from a creator. Mm-hmm. Both of us have been in social media. Mm-hmm. So this is the game. You put together a page where it's like, Don't you love Niagara Falls? Click like or don't you miss uh, you know, fucking, uh, don't you miss the beachcombers? Mm-hmm. Click like. Yeah. Now, the next meme is Kathleen Wynn says X. Yeah. Don't you hate her? Yeah. Then you share your engagement numbers for the overall month mm-hmm. versus political pages. Yeah. And what really bothered me was that didn't that didn't get any sort of criticism. They sort of just 
like stenographers printed their engagement numbers or talked about their engagement numbers. Mm -hmm. If you run a business on social mm -hmm. and your signal is one thing, you can't take credit if like your other post becomes... Oh, by the way, yeah. Kathleen Wynn sucks. Mm -hmm. Because well, who's coming for the I love Algonquin Park Yeah, <laughs> and who's coming for yes. like burn everything to the ground yeah. isn't the same engagement. So you, your overall engagement for the month may be fantastic, be but Justin Trudeau is not like sharing, you know, corner gas memes. No. <laughs> or like go Maple Leafs. Is that Leafs. what they started out doing on well, done that the whole way through. That's their game. And it's yeah. very smart because we have a social mm. media illiterate press mm. i don't know what to call them that like listen i love our press and i love a lot of our journalists and maybe they just don't think anyone gives a fuck yeah but it, you know it let's not let facts get in the way of a good narrative i guess too right sure. like it's a great story yeah and don't get me wrong i've manipulated those things for my creative shows too when we yeah. were doing like millennial stuff it was like want to hear the story about millennials and blah 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 like yeah. everyone does dancing bear from time to time mm -hmm. but that's the thing that bugs mm. me about these three parties whether it's press you know the Ontario Proud thing has it both ways. They share, like, click like if you think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win game seven. Yeah. And they share, like, Kathleen wins the evil yeah, yeah. devil. Now, on Twitter, it's a pretty big stream of just, uh, you know, political stuff. Yeah. Because Twitter's more political. Just that stream, yeah. yeah. But Facebook, I'm like, I guess it works. But it, that whole project felt like a LinkedIn, like essay like that whole project just feels like it's being set up for like can i please get employment after the election like mm. how good i am at this but i just i think it's so phony and sad um it's also completely prejudiced and a whole other there's a whole bunch of problems with that site but what really drives me nuts is nobody talks about how the engagement game is completely stupid because you can't compare apples and oranges within your metrics and with your engagement and what um, does it even mean in the big picture right and like are you pushing anything forward yeah and also like what we can agree on is, is that they've definitely done a better job than traditional conservatives mm -hmm. of doing the digital game. So I'll completely give them that, that they like raise the bar for conservatives to rally their stupid mm -hmm. around one site with, you know, pictures and what have you, which is like, you know, Occupy Democrats and the left did it for years before that. So I'm not yeah. suggesting this is like the pendulum unique. is swung. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely like, it's just like, you know, who does it better? Um, and I think Ontario Proud's doing it better, especially in memes and share, in yeah. shares than yeah. the left. Like I like North ninety nine is a never I, even I, heard of it. Right, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard of, I've heard of press. Is it press progress? Progress. Yeah. Press, press progress. progress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, but I've, that site's actually doing some journalism. It, that site reminds me more of um, of America. There's an American site that's very similar, hmm. um, and. Uh, think progress which is like an american site that started that had popularity in the bush years um and they're they're more about media creation and writing their own stories like think progress has broken i mean sorry um press progress has broken a few stories this election like that i think it was them that originally had that memo even um okay so anyways there's been a lot of those kinds of stories that, that they've broken so it's not that's not just shit posting <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a little bit more but once again it's it's completely from the Broadbent Institute, which is yeah. completely NDP. For sure. Yeah. What was your other question about that, though? I kind of went off well, a tangent. Well, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, your, your thoughts on... It's become... So, like, it was so blatantly obvious that... You know, the media likes to likes to say that we're unbiased. Um, but this was just one example. 
uh, of oh, the newspapers. Yeah, of like, yeah. like seriously, like here's here's the thing with that Doug Ford thing, and this is I'm not arguing for this, so I just want to put a caveat on that before I yeah. say anything. I think there's a sad state of affairs that something like that should be reported a lot, but something like that I don't think people care about. I really think that people have a this bad cynical mm. view of politics that they all do it. Mm. I don't care. Everyone does it. And like the problem in this election mm-hmm. is it's very hard to and this is where the NDPs I think getting a bigger shot than they might have. It's really hard to lose the corruption <laughs> battle to the liberals. Because that's the brush they've been painted with so mm. much. You're corrupt. You've got cronies. You've, yeah. you know, this is the same old, same old. You've, you know, all these people in power. You're paying people too much money. It's a government gravy train. Yada yada yada. Um, and so I think it's really hard for the conservatives. Facts not getting in the way of anything. No. Uh, I think it's really hard for them to to all of a sudden be the corrupt ones. Like it, Doug would. I think for those voters, and even for like most of Ontario, I think they would have to get caught. Literally with like wheelbarrows of <laughs> cash going into, you know, uh, the electoral districts and like, yeah. like Doug did in the end. Here's the money uh, to, for anyone to go like, nope, they're worse than the liberals. So yeah. I think that's the problem with the liberals right now is that you, the scandal bar is raised pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as sad as it is, I think the Ontario electorate, like the scandal people just have a low opinion of, of politics and politicians and i think that people really are not interested in the minutiae of things mm-hmm. they're interested in sort of the fight and that's what i really hate about how we use polling like polling means nothing right now like the, nobody knows where things are going to land the aggregate polling is the best polling we have so like you take a look at all the polls and you try to average but even if all those polls are bunk then your average isn't helpful. Right. So it's like, it's just, I think right now there's so many variables at play. We don't know what's going to happen. And Mm -hmm. so it's sad that a lot of the coverage isn't about like who has this plan. And then to go even farther, all three of their plans have, have a lot of holes in them. Yeah. So we've got like, you know, even the NDP who I think is probably your best option. If you don't want Doug in, you know, they haven't completely explained what they're going to do um, once they try to buy Hydro One back. Yeah. Like, that's a huge amount of money. So where's that money? Okay, the money's going to come from the corporate tax rate being raised. But, you know, we're going back to Ontario. Like, even that, like, it's shocking to me how radical that is to people. Mm-hmm. The idea of going to a 13% tax rate mm-hmm. for corporations or taxing people above $220,000. People, like the other there's nobody else saying we're gonna even come close to doing that green parties are gonna go up by a percentage i think yeah but my point is is like ontario's appetite for that stuff we have the lowest tax rate in canada provincially mm-hmm. and we want to lower it <laughs> and we're like and like ontario's like yeah and we, we want can't. all the stuff too right 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 it's just like we're, we're in such a mess yeah dan man i was gonna do, i, I want to talk about a bunch of stuff but i i, I think we've I think we've covered a lot already, but I, I hope I hope to have you back in here. You know, we've got Under a, a Doug Ford we've, Ontario. We've got a, <laughs> we've got a municipal election happening at the end of the year. And next year we've got a federal is it next year? Yep. Is it already? Wow. Yep. Yeah. 
So hopefully you'll come by. That's a big thing again. everyone's talking about. Today. It's like this is going to be some sort of like prediction for 2019, even though I have no idea how. Ontario's be. always been different. Like on, like always, it's also, always it's like been different. None of these, just they all make good copy, but <laughs> never plays out <laughs> the way they want them to. It sells paper. Listen, guys, if you enjoyed this conversation with Dan, um, and, and you actually want to hear from some politicians, um, current and former. Um, I don't know what episodes they are, but just go on girthradio.com or kareemkanji.com and uh, just search for George Smitherman uh, and Jagmeet Singh, who have both uh, come into studio for, for chats. Dan, uh, if people want, and I think that they should follow you on Twitter because uh, you share a, a lot of uh, awesome stuff and you've got some great insights, where, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter is probably the best place right now because I'm in a cave writing. So uh, I'm not doing a whole lot of interesting things outside <laughs> of being a professional podcast guest in Toronto. So, uh, yeah, at Dan Spearin. Uh, and I'm sure if they follow you, you'll tweet out uh, my handle yeah. during the episode. So, yeah, that's probably the best place to hear me scream into the ether for the next two weeks. One more thing, though, mm -hmm. before we get out of here. No matter how cynical you are out there, yeah. you should vote. So... Even if you have not got your ballot, even if you have not got your voter registration card, I should say, and you didn't register, you just need a piece of ID, kids. And all you have to do is you take that, shows where you live, shows your name, you go on whatever, what is it, Tuesday? Wherever, yeah. June 7th. Um, and you need to go vote. Now, I'm going to urge you to vote. <laughs> I'll be of Ontario proud. I'm completely, <laughs> I'm completely non-biased. This is yes. not, there is, I'm a non-partisan organization. I just don't think you should vote for anyone who's conservative because <laughs> Doug Ford is a complete mess. <laughs> so once again, it's completely non-partisan and it's completely, I'm completely unbiased. It's just, it's just anybody but win and preferably not Ford. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> Thanks, man.